If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 255 of the world's most dangerous podcast. With me again this week, the hilarious Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? I'm feeling dangerous. Da- are you da- you finally feeling a little bit dangerous on the podcast? I'm a little dangerous today. Well, uh, try to watch your I, language. I'm, I'm as I'm as much in danger as uh, Alex Blandino's spot on the 25 man roster. That's in serious danger. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's uh, non-existent at this point. It's uh, yeah, I would tend to think like so. It. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Maybe we'll get into that because we have got a lot of spring training dis- discussion ahead of us here today. Want to begin with Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, the last time that we got together on the podcast, had been scratched from his first spring training start because of elbow stiffness. Well, today, uh, we recorded this on Thursday, as we always do. Sonny Gray threw off a mound, and uh, the encouraging news was that he to- he says that he will, quote-unquote, definitely be ready for the start of the season. So is that uh, crisis averted there, or uh, much ado about nothing, or just... Sort of, um, hope, hopefully, uh, some good news, I guess. Well, I think partly I have to take the the blame for his arm problem. As the last time I was on with you, we you know we were talking about him being the opening day starter for spring training. Yeah, we made a big deal of and that. Almost, and almost immediately after that, they scratched him. Uh, it sounds like it's much ado about nothing, but anytime you're talking about a pitcher and his arm, it's not nothing. It's not, and how many times have we seen? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a little bit of stiffness, but now I'm good. Next time I throw, and then oh well, we're going to be a little bit more of a setback. And we've seen it ten times in the last three years with somebody, you know, just. And the next thing you know, he's out for the, you know, out for the vast majority of the year with a, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and we're not saying that's the case, and hopefully it's as it all appears because it does appear to be just. Uh, something working through, but it does concern me. The Reds just signed him to this uh, contract extension before making the trade, and uh, he, you know, even before his first start, elbow stiffness, and he's unable to. Maybe it's just a spring training thing, and uh, you know, it might have been the case that if they hadn't announced he was going to be starting the spring opener, that they could have just even kept it quiet a little bit, you know, and started him later. So we'll see. I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe now he'll throw like three hundred innings and go twenty-four and two. With a 1.75 ER. Absolutely. A latter-day Danny Jackson, mind you. That's how, about a, how about a Bob Gibson 68 kind of year? Yeah, okay, that's before my time. But I will, uh, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take a Danny Jackson season, for those of you that remember Danny Jackson. Um, but, yeah, Bob Gibson, uh, yeah. If, if you don't remember Bob Gibson and you remember Danny Jackson, don't listen to this anymore. <laughs> Well, I got to say, those of us of a certain age, uh, Bill, may not have uh, witnessed Bob Gibson's uh, heroics. How about twenty-two and nine with a one point one two ERA, thirteen shutouts, two hundred sixty-eight strikeouts, 
a 258 plus ERA, ERA plus, and win the MVP in the Cy Young. And lost nine games. So, you know, get out yeah. get out here with that. He lost nine games. It's terrible. Yeah, because if you listen, because if, if you if you read uh, Paul Doherty's column today, he, he he said that you know that's a good way to judge pitchers. Uh, are you being sarcastic? Or? No, I am not. That is what he said. What was and he? He gets the vote for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what was he referencing when he said that? Uh, it was he was talking about the, uh, something with some one of the sites that had been talking about the Reds, uh, the the pitchers. Because the new pitchers were whatever. Hang on a minute. Let me find this. Oh, you don't really need to give a click to Paul Doherty. You really don't. <laughs> I mean, that's really not a good idea. He, uh, let's see here. <laughs> no matter and no how good Rourke, Wood, and Gray do, there'll be an improvement over last year's opening day rotation. That I agree with. Uh, he's talking about whether you bet the over and the under on the Reds. Uh, over, yeah, and he, you know, and, and the over under he was talking about. Oh, here it is. If you believe in basic numbers, some of us still do. Baseball Reference projects the new three to finish combined twenty nine and seven twenty seven. That's better than their combined effort last year, which was twenty nine and thirty one, but not significantly better. <laughs> um, As if that tells us anything. And uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh my God. I'm looking for this other part where he talked about the. Oh, here. I keep hearing the tut-tutting from the analytics people. Wins are a lousy way to measure a starting pitcher's effectiveness. Maybe. But the object of the game is to win, not to put up sexy metrics. Pitchers with lots of wins generally are helping their team by pitching deep into games or at least long enough to qualify for a W. That eases bullpen strain. Would I prefer a guy with great metrics and fewer wins or someone who wins 15 and has analysts rolling their eyeballs? You, we're, you realize that we're all dumber for having heard that. <laughs> Paul Doherty, I well, award you no points. Baseline pretty low to start with. So. That's true. But <laughs> Doherty is awarded no points, and may God have mercy on his soul. And gets to vote for the Hall of Fame. He gets to vote for the Hall of Fame. I'm almost positive he has a ballot. Hey, yikes! So anyway, that's uh, yet another data point for why I canceled my subscription to the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, although they do some good stuff and, uh, they've been good to us over the years, but, uh, sheesh, uh, yep, let's talk, does. let's talk a little bit about some, some more interesting coverage of the Reds, which comes from the ringer.com. And if, if you know what the ringer is, yeah. it's, it's a, uh, sort I, of, I heard of ringer, but I did see this article and oh, you, you, you weren't aware of the, the ringer. It's a, it's a pop culture site basically, but it's uh, bill Simmons used to be with, uh, used to be with ESPN. And then, uh, he, you know, he, he ran Grantland for a while at ESPN and then came over to HBO, hired him to do a, a short-lived show and to head up this website, The Ringer. And uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty good site most of the time. i got all kinds of stuff about everything. I mean, it's just, it's television, movies, music, and sports, of course. And today they had a, a piece um, by Michael Bauman, who uh, he was at Grantland before. I've been reading him for years. Um was actually a Phillies, I think a Phillies blogger uh, originally, but um, the headline, I love the headline on this, and it's what piqued my interest. The Reds' nonconformist rebuild is one of baseball's coolest experiments. That's a pretty good piece, wasn't it? Did you read that? Yeah, I did. Um, and and I, 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 my first thought was the same thing. I love the headline. 
Yeah, how long has it been since the Reds have been called nonconformist? Never. Not in my memory. No. And I take that as a compliment, actually, because you've got to think outside the box when you're in a market like Cincinnati and in a situation that Cincinnati's been in, which is you know losing the last few years. And uh, uh, the subhead was, in an age when the so-called smart teams are thinking about controlling costs years in advance, Cincinnati bucked the system in one quiet and quick offseason. Even if it doesn't work, it's bound to be fun. And that's true. I mean, you know, whatever happens with the Reds this year, they're going to be a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. And that's something to me, consider where we've been. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. So, uh, so basically what they're talking about was that the Reds uh, went out and got some guys like well, the Dodgers trade, for example. They went out and got some guys who the Dodgers were looking to cut a little bit of payroll because they're terrified. Teams are all of a sudden terrified of this luxury tax for some reason. And uh, so they went out and got some guys from some organizations that were looking to cut salary. And it's teams like the Reds haven't done that in the in the past. And so basically the Reds took a chance on some of those guys and uh, replaced what, what uh, Bauman called the sub-replacement level half of the team, you know, Got rid of guys like you know Matt Harvey was the best player they lost, and he was had a 93 ERA plus in Cincinnati, so he was he was below average. But also Billy Hamilton, and um, he talked about Duvall as well, who was traded last year, and then uh, got got rid of Homer Bailey as well. And so Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, uh, Tanner Rourke in here, and uh, Sonny Gray, and uh, kept all their kept all their prospects basically. So I, I guess the, the the big thing was. The Reds just t- turned on a dime, I think is what they were sort of saying. And it's really fascinating what happened. That's sort of what we've been talking about all offseason, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it was interesting the way they, they, they worded it in the article. They said the, team, the the big payroll teams were looking to offload league average players making more than league minimum. Right. But, it, but they went on to say that the Reds didn't even have to take on any so-called bad contracts. You know, they, they, rene- they renegotiated with or negotiated an extension with Gray, which will be friendly to them. Uh, and then, you know, Rourke, Kemp, Puig, and Wood are all free agents after the year, and Kemp's the only one making more than $10 million. Yeah, Kemp's a bad contract, but it's going to be over after this year. Right. So, you know, it's 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 not that bad. It, uh, and, and, and I summed it up by saying because the Reds were willing to become slightly more expensive in order to get slightly better, they were able to make numerous incremental improvements without giving up much of anything in the way of prospects or salary. And uh, let me find the what I and here again. This goes back to what I was talking about that the Reds have been sort of do everything by the book for so many years. And there's just in this one off season, we've seen them turn over the coaching staff and invent new coaching roles that we've never seen before, and uh, bring in new equipment and new uh, in terms of the pitching video equipment and people to analyze it. And uh, and then this this one line: what the Reds did instead is identify and exploit a wrinkle in contemporary yep. baseball economics. And the Reds have never that, that sounds like Moneyball to me, you know. I was thinking the same thing. It, it takes it goes back to Moneyball, where there you found a, 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 a something you could exploit. Yeah, an inefficiency in the market. And what that says is the Reds. You know, there's a there's an argument anyway that the Reds were the one of the smart teams. All of a sudden, you know, they're they're finding where the inefficiency is and and taking t- taking advantage of it. And is it going to work? I don't know, but uh, it's certainly made this year. 
Well, here we go. Let me just read the, the closing paragraph. But you really should go read the entire article um, yep. at, the, at the ringer.com. But even if they fall short of the playoffs, the Reds are more relevant and interesting now than they've been in five years. In an age when the so-called smart teams are thinking about controlling costs years in advance, the Reds bucked the system and made a series of savvy, short-term investments to return to relevance in the course of one offseason. What the Reds did this winter represents an almost cheekily nonconformist approach to team construction in this day and age. And whatever happens to them in 2019, it'll be fascinating to see how this experiment plays out. Do you get the goosebumps that I get when you when you hear that? Because they're talking about our it's Reds, been, Bill. I can't really, yeah, you keep going, are they talking about our team? You know? It, it's crazy, you know. Well, somebody gave me the example on Twitter. I can't remember who said that. I apologize. I can't remember who said this. And I think they were talking about the baseball perspective. No, it was the Ringer. It was the Ringer's podcast last year. Uh, did like five to ten minute previews of every team before the season. And they just completely forgot about the Reds. <laughs> they just <laughs> That's a perfect example of how even in one short year, the Ringer has remembered that, that the Cincinnati Reds actually exist. So. Yeah, you know, and even if, even if you you don't think this is going to be successful. And, and I don't know how you could not believe it's going to, they're going to be better than they have been. But even if you didn't, believe, at least they're trying something different. Yes. Now here, but, and, and you know me always trying to put a spin on everything. All of these changes really only change this team for 2019. True. So what about 2020? Or are we not worrying about that until after the 2019? Well, I think you start worrying about that around the halfway point of the year. I think if there are deals for some of these guys that are on one-year contracts. You start looking to move some of them if you can, but you don't have to. Um, well, it depends on how close they are to a playoff spot, I would think. Right. But you know what you, you can know, And then they have to make some decisions. You know, Do you hold on to a guy who maybe get sneaking into the bottom end of the playoffs, or do you flip him to try to get something that, you know, that you've got – Control over for next year and the year after. Well, I, I, you know, I think you try to get in the playoffs when you can get in. When your window's there, you got to try to grab it. And again, that's a, a conversation we're going to hopefully have in June and July. Um, but you've also maintained a lot of financial flexibility because the Reds have increased their payroll, but they have, really didn't go crazy yet. They've got everyone acknowledges they've got more to spend if they need to. They didn't spend everything just to be spending it. But yeah, they're at one sixteen, and and they were talked that they'd go to one twenty five or one thirty. Yeah, yeah, and so um, they've got some financial flexibility to bring on somebody halfway through the year if they need to, and they've also held on to enough of their assets in terms of the prospects that you can you, you can maybe work out a trade to bring in somebody, and if not, next off season you still got those guys, and you still got the financial flexibility. If you don't do it in you know, mid season, you still have after next season we may have to do some of this again. But you'll have a year of Nixon Zell. You know, you're going to have this core is going to be back, basically, except for who? Puig. And, and Puig may be back, depending on what, uh, what Puig, happens. Puig, Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and, 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 Ro- and Rourke. But, ho- but hopefully, Tyler Malley takes one of those spots. And, you know, um, I, I don't think that, uh, what, and, and I think it's a, there's a, at least a chance. I think probably, a, I would say a very good chance. That one of Puig and Wood, one of those guys, signs an extension with the Reds. I think there's a pretty good chance of that. I really do. Um, and it would make a lot of sense either one of them because they're both relatively young. And, you know, 
we'll just have to see what what they're expecting to get. But the way the free agent market has been lately, I would not be surprised if you could offer an extension, kind of like they did with Sonny Gray, and say, hey, we'll lock you up. You don't have to go out there and face this crazy free agent market. So um, while, we're, while we're talking about Puig, let's look. Did you see the article on Bleacher Report? Well, they first quoted- of no, I've I know. Ne- I've never read an article on Bleacher Report. But they're quoting a, they're they're quoting a profile from ESPN. Okay. Where Puig, okay. where Puig said, "I've never worked hard. Maybe that's the reason I didn't have my better years. The last couple of years I didn't work hard because I still have a contract to go. Now I think I'll work hard more than any year in my life." This guy had a basically what he, the way I read this is he had a 7-year, 42 million dollar contract and he coasted. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Why would we think? Why now? I mean, you're getting ready to consider giving this guy an extension. Yeah. Oh, he just hurt his market value. So why wouldn't this concern you? Oh, it should. It absolutely should concern you. And like I say, I think I think it hurts his market value, not just here, but everywhere. Anywhere. I can't believe he. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe he said that out loud. And any team that's going to try to sign him is going to have to. You, you've got to add that into the mix of things you're cons- considering when determining whether or not he's a good risk beyond this year. Certainly since he came to Cincinnati, Puig has uh, put on a charm offensive, I think is the way I saw it described, and that's exactly right. Um, yeah, somebody, I read something like the, he, he, he's been he's been so much, he's been working so hard you'd think he was running for governor. Yeah, I mean, and he's diving for balls. He's, you know, sprinting everywhere. He's He's been perfect since he's been with uh, Cincinnati. But uh, that is a – maybe there's a language barrier thing, and he wasn't – he said it, it didn't come out the way he intended it to come out, Yeah, you know, if you want to be charitable. But yikes. That's – when you're talking about signing a guy long-term, that's – again, that's a thing to throw in the pot. It's kind of scary. Yep. But do you, do you completely eliminate any uh, thoughts of signing him just because of that? No, I don't think so. I, I no, but it, it it sure makes you a little more jaded. Well, you, you know what it's going to do. A, a lot of the people that were already prone to disliking him because of the bat flips and the, you know all the antics. Um, you mean the old guys? Well, I wasn't going to say that because like uh, me, because you're an enlightened old guy. But is that what it is? In some ways, <laughs> but uh, in some ways. you're willing to give Puig a chance at least. But uh, I think I'm excited it, about watching this guy play. I th- but don't you think that it firms up a little bit some of those feelings against them that we always see from somebody that's not, uh, you know, uh, the the crazy hustle guy, you know? You well, know. You, you look well, you look for the stories that reinforce what you want to believe. That well, that, hash brown fake news. Well, yeah, I, I mean it's the same thing in the wor- in politics and in you know worldview. Yeah, so so it's going to be interesting to see how he is received, and that's. Uh, yeah. I think for average Joe fan, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle. I think you're right. For for those of us that study a little deeper, you know, or, or, or a little more invested, maybe is the right, I don't know if that's the right word or not. It's it's a concerning quote. Well, I'm going to enjoy Puig this year. I'm really excited to watch him. I do think that if I'm in the front office, and they haven't hired me yet for some reason, but if I were in the front office. There's no they could question. hire me because I'm not, I, I work a lot cheaper than you because I'm unemployed. <laughs> okay. You're desperate. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Volunteer, voluntarily unemployed. Let's let's. I'm say voluntarily that. employed. Yeah. That's right. For those that don't know, I am. Re- I I recently retired. Yeah. Well, almost been a year now. Gosh, um, you are old. But if I were working in the front office, there he goes again. There he goes again. Um, <laughs> this would sort of, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't post it up on my on a post it note on my wall, but I'd write it down and stick it in my desk drawer <laughs> because you don't want to forget this when when you're making it it's got to go in the mix of things you consider when when you know there are a lot of things you consider when you're talking about signing anyone to an extension and uh you know the the last guy they signed to extension was probably suarez last year well i guess sending great technically but um you didn't have those concerns with suarez (laughs) you know he didn't say things like that so no so anyway yeah but i think the lesson here is never read bleacher report is that the thing? Is, that, think, the, is that the lesson? Th- I'm pretty sure that's the lesson. Yeah. So anyway, um, what else we got? Spring training's been happening. Have you noticed that? Really? <laughs> yes. The Reds. Uh, what's the record here? We got one, two wins, two losses, and one tie. I don't care what the record is. I, I was, I, in fact, I was even thinking about. I was thinking about that the other day because I, I almost looked to see what their record was, and I went. I don't care. Yeah, and I, I only look I don't even, because I don't care whether they win any games till we get towards the end of spring training. Yeah. Uh right, right. What I've what I've seen is that in the games they won, they scored a lot of runs. Yeah. The offense. Well, that article that article that article stated and I hadn't even thought about this is the Reds 2019 lineup figures to feature five players who posted at least a 120 plus OPS plus last year. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's a lot. That's a lot of hitters. Yeah. The only thing that was, they, they kind of hinted in that article that they thought that Winker and Kemp would be a platoon. And if, if that's the case, I'm not going to be very happy. Well, let's talk about that because I had a conversation with someone on, on uh, twitter.com about that particular subject uh, in, in the Bauman piece in uh, the ringer. It suggested that uh, that that was going to be what happens, and I don't know if that's based on anything other than a national writer maybe not being plugged in, uh, because I don't know that we've seen anyone suggest. I seen, right, I haven't seen anything. Well, David Bell's not suggested either way, who's going to be no. a, a starters or whatever. But hey, let me tell you this: I think that if, if there's a platoon with Winker and uh, and Kemp, I'm okay with that. What's wrong with that? Why, why are you why are you against it? I want Jesse Winker out there every day. Okay. I okay. think I think that puts our best our best team on the field. Even, I, even with well, the other thing is, and, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked at the career splits for Kemp, but the, in the article they were only using last year's splits. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, but I'll say again, I don't think Kemp's with this team when they break spring training. Well, that's possible. That's possible. I think you make an argument that. Jesse Winker plays against all right-handers. He's going to play 80% of the time, if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to get 500 summit bats, plus pinch hit appearances, plus times when um, old man Matt Kemp is hurt. Um, but if I think Kemp hitting against lefties and Winker gets righties, I, I don't have any kind of inherent uh, you know, bias against platoons. I think they can work. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to see a platoon where Winker was playing you know, 30% of the time or 40% of the time. That's a good point. But you're, making, you're making a good case. Oh, 
if he's playing 75, 80% of the time, plus pinch hitting and, you know, I, I, I'm especially, I'm good with that. And it puts him in the best position to succeed in some ways because he rakes against right-handers. And, yeah. most, most- and, the, and the article, to be honest, you could tell this guy, he, he doesn't know the team. Right. And, and you wouldn't expect because- him to because we follow it every day. Right, you know, because he was talking about Shevler moving, you know, going to be the center fielder, and, and later in the article he did mention that Senzel was going to be competing for the center field job. Where, where, you know, I I think they've made it very apparent that Senzel is the man to beat in Senz. I mean, in center field, somebody's going to have to take that job away from Nick Senzel. I think so, and and the early returns are very good. Uh, I think we can shift to the. Some, we have to have Nick Senzel talk every week. Um, and for those of you that keep mispronouncing it on the uh, broadcasts, I keep hearing Nick Senzel. <laughs> Senzel as in Denzel. Two of the best. Trammell's uh, uh, the other kid that they, they mispronounce his name all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, Nick Senzel has played well in center field thus far. And he's, I think he's had two games out there. Which who can you can't tell a whole lot, but he certainly has the speed. He's got crazy good speed, better speed than anyone realizes, I think. And he's taking good roots on the ball, and uh, he's still a kid, but uh, and still listed as a third baseman on the Reds' official website. But uh, nothing so far to make you think uh, that he can't handle the position defensively. And again, we'll as we see more, we'll find out more about that. But also, last game he was, I think, three for three. Um, with a double, I believe. I mean, this kid, this kid looks like he's trying to grab that opportunity and take it early on. Uh, that, I think that's fair to say. I concur. I, I, you know, I haven't. I've seen parts of three games, and they weren't any of the ones he played in. Uh, but everything I've read, you know, he's do, he's doing everything they want him to do. Why are you anti Nick Senzel? Why won't you watch him on television? They haven't been on. I know. I know. Uh, Sinzel, though, uh, you know, I'm terribly excited about what's going to happen. Did you see, though, the quote? I don't believe this quote. Yeah, I don't believe we've talked about it on the podcast. Maybe we did. I can't remember what happened yesterday, much less the last time we uh, recorded. But his quote was uh, essentially, what do you do you think you deserve to be? The Reds have said they're going to have the best 25 men on their roster on opening day. Do you think you'll be here? Um, and, and he, he said, no. He said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, I think first he said, uh, I should be here. You know, I do think I'm one of the top 25, but do I think I will be here? Nope. And, I, you know, I'm a bad Reds fan when I say this, and people get upset with me. But I'm telling you, the Reds played games with him last spring. If they play games with him again this spring, I would. I hope, I hope he remembers it. And I hope he burns the Reds when they come up begging for him to sign a contract extension a few years down the road. And I hate to say that as a Reds fan, but I think he was mistreated last spring. He should have been called up when Eugenio Suarez got hurt early. And if they play games with him again and keep him down just because they can, and there's supposed there's going to be a financial advantage in 2025, if they do that to him, I hope he plays his advantage. He plays his hand that he's got, which is tell him to take a hike. Now, is that is, am, am I going too far, Bill? Yes. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, because it's it, you know, it's the contract. It, the The problem isn't the Reds. The problem is the contract between Major League Baseball Players Association and the major leagues. 
Okay. All the red, all the Reds are doing is making him abide by the rules. And they're, there's nothing the Reds are doing that's against the rules. Oh, yeah. It's not the spirit of the rule, but it's technically oh, I don't, within I, the rules. Why do you think that's in there then if it's not the spirit of the rule? I don't think anyone anticipated this is the way that te- Major League teams would handle this going in. Oh. There's no way they've contemplated this. But my point is. I, I don't think there's any way the Players Association realized Okay. But, I, but but you know, just because they negotiated badly, that doesn't make the other guy a bad guy. Uh, okay. But if I'm Nick Senzel, I'm telling the rest to take a hike because they didn't treat me well. I don't care if it's right. You know what? If you want to say it's business, then when it comes time to sign an extension, I'm going to say it's business, and I'm going to go elsewhere. Uh, you can you know, that article that that uh, that line of uh, reasoning goes both ways. The Reds can yeah. treat him right and treat him like a valued employee. They don't have to treat him like everybody else treats their players. And I'm telling you, if it were me in that position, and it's not going to be because my dreams of playing in Major League Baseball are probably not going to be realized. But if I'm him and they screw with me two straight springs, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to negotiate with them for a contract extension, ever. I'm going to fight them in arbitration every year, and I'm never going to negotiate with them for an extension. Because they've kept him, he should have been a big leaguer last April. I don't disagree with that. I, but I also see the I see the argument about sending him down for eleven days or whatever it is. Oh, I see the argument too. I mean, it's a but you know, in terms of baseball, it's a uh, you know, I mean, you they're in business. You, it's an easy argument to make, and people have made the argument on the other side, and I don't disagree with it necessarily. But I'm just saying, uh, if you want Nixon Zell to treat you right, maybe you should treat him right. And these are real people we're talking about. And you think, never mind. You've made your point clear. I just think. Go ahead. You you get sent down for 11 days where you have to play in triple A and you're going to hold, you're going to hold, you know, and then the team has treated you like gold all the way up to that point. They haven't. They treated him like garbage last year. Well, no, they didn't treat him. like. I won't say treat. They didn't treat him like garbage. They didn't call him up when they should have. There have been a lot of guys in the history of baseball that didn't get called up when they should have. You're 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 going a little out of you're you're out over your skis a little bit here, <laughs> Bill. I love you, but uh, Jane, you ignorant slut. No. Uh, yes, they. Saying, tr- what happens for the you know? I agree with you. They should have called him up when Suarez got hurt last year. Okay. And and, we, and we've talked ad nauseum about how the Reds wasted his whole season last year, even before he got hurt because they didn't know what the hell to do with the kid and didn't do what they said they were going to do with the kid. Mm-hmm. And you say he shouldn't be upset because it's going to be an, uh, more than a year longer than it should have been before he was in the big leagues. He should be, I think, he should be okay with that. I think if they, if they went that explained to him why they're doing what they're doing and then you, you know, you make it up to him when he gets to the big leagues when they bring him up in 11 days and if he's going to hold the grudge for that for five years or until his contracts are, you know, until he's eligible to walk fine. I don't need that kind of guy in my clubhouse. Okay. All right. I want that kind of, I want that kind of guy in my clubhouse. I want him here in my clubhouse last year. You want a grudge holder in your clubhouse. Somebody that's, that's anti the ball club and holding a grudge for five years. Hold on. Every one of these players is for himself. First, these are professionals. This isn't little league. Um, 
yes, I want him looking out for himself. Because if he performs at his highest level possible, he's helping the Cincinnati Reds. And I, I wouldn't forget it. I absolutely would not forget it. I'm not saying I would definitely not. I did say I would definitely not uh, sign yeah, you a contract. Do. But you said you would even negotiate. You said you'd never negotiate. Now I probably wouldn't if if they held me down again this year because he was he was miffed about it last year from his quotes uh, around about May. He had some quotes like, "Yeah, yeah, I thought I should be up there, but all I can do is just keep doing what I'm doing." Um, and uh, and you can tell he's already anticipating it. Now I, I'd make him pay through the nose if they wanted to sign me. They're not gonna well, be any if he's as. As good as we hope he's going to be, they're going to pay through the nose anyway. Well, there you go. If he's that's what I that's that's my whole thought is if he's going to be good enough that that extra year is going to mean something, then sometime before 2025, the Reds are going to be looking to sign him to an extension to buy out his arbitration, maybe even a couple of free agent years. And it's going to be a whole lot easier to negotiate that if you've treated the guy right. So I I, I know that the Reds can do it, and I know there's a really good business argument to be made for it. I think it's the wrong thing to do when dealing with someone that you expect to be the cornerstone of your franchise. So that's my thoughts. Tell me why I'm wrong uh, again, Bill, or you want to move on to something else? Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> I, I, I think we both made our points, our places, our, our thoughts clear. I'm yeah, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty vociferous on that point. I'm, uh, I, I think it's the, absolutely the wrong thing to do, um, especially when you're telling us that uh, you're trying to win this year. Well, the other argument, and I'll flip over onto your side here for a minute. The other argument is this could all be moot by the time they they have another contract in what is it, twenty twenty one or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that's uh, let me actually one of our viewer mail questions. This is from uh, one of our patrons on Patreon. Joseph Prince says, since Hell's playing time seems to be a moot point, as the service time rules are likely to change, I don't see holding him back for two weeks with the pending changes. So that's exactly what you were getting ready to say. We don't know. Yeah, it, it could be moot. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. So they're going to strike, and they'll be, a, you know, they'll have a strike, and they'll be miss a whole season anyway. So probably good. I'll give, give you a chance. To, <laughs> give you a chance to get into soccer or college yeah, basketball, man. You can get into some UMBC college basketball. See, I know what that means now. Now I know. What that means. I think it's sad that people still bringing up things that happened almost a year ago. <laughs> Buddy, you, you know. <laughs> I guess when your team's playing as well as your team is, you know they gotta they gotta beat you with whatever they can beat you with, and if it's almost a year ago, that's what it is. You know. Oh man, we're gonna be hearing about it for. I'll be seeing the highlights of that for the rest of my life every March. So, but anyway, um, so since El started out well, let's let's, let's uh, dig through some of the uh, some of the spring training. There's and again, there's not a whole lot you can say. Uh, Clint Little, one of our patrons. Over on Patreon.com slash RedLegRadio. Ask thoughts on the Red Spring training performance so far. And, you know, what can you say? They've played, what, four games, five games? Yeah, five games. <laughs> you never want to draw any conclusions whatsoever uh, in that small sample size. But, uh, but hey, Jose Peraza? Yep. Five was, for five? Was, he's, on, he's on my list. <laughs> yeah. So... I uh, think he's been, he's been the most impressive Reds hitter of guys that are going to make the team. Or are the are the guys that are going to make a difference on the team? You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And again, you can't really base any kind of judgment on spring training. 
But, well, he's, I think he's had five at bats, something like that. Yeah. And he got hits in all of them. And that's exactly what we already knew about Peraza, which is that he's a good contact guy. And sometimes those hits are going to fall. Um, he's stolen three bases. Yeah. And, and that I think is an interesting thing. It makes you wonder how much Bell is going to be, have the team running or at least how much he's going to have him running. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, we really don't know a lot about how David Bell is going to manage the game. I think that's one of the most interesting things to watch, especially early in the year, don't you? Yeah, I really do. To, to get a feel for how he's going to handle uh, decisions during the ball game and and how he handles his bullpen. and, and, and the, I think it'll be really interesting to see the three things, I think, how much they run, defensive shifts, and how he handles the bullpen. Absolutely. The bullpen's the one I was going to mention, especially with respect to Roselle Iglesias. Um, and Michael Lorenzen, um, how he handles him is probably the number four on the list that goes into a couple of those other ones. But, yeah, are they going to run a little more? You know, uh, the stolen base has become almost non-existent uh, in the recent years uh, for, for good reasons. You know, the analytics show up, but maybe, yeah, maybe at some point it tilts back to where you can gain a little bit of an advantage if you have a guy that can steal some bases uh, efficiently. And, and Peraza, extremely quick, uh, good base stealer. He's no Billy Hamilton. No, he can hit. I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> there he goes again. Yeah, that's a good point. Have you, have you been studying the Royals to see how your boy's doing out, how your boy Billy's doing out there? I have not, I, and I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to know. Um, please, no letters on the what I just said because I didn't mean that racially. Uh, we love. Uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, we love. Uh, we love Billy. He's my. He's still a comic book superhero. Still my. Uh, still my guy. Um, so, you know, Sinzel's uh, hitting 500. Um, home runs, not many home runs being hit. No, I'll tell you what, though. I was watching one of the games the other day. I don't even remember which game it was. And Puig had like a 16-pitch at bat. Oh, yeah. Drew a walk, right? Yeah, got a walk. At one point, he he, he fouled a, I think he fouled a ball off and kind of stumbled across the plate. And he just took his big deep sigh and acted like he was exhausted and offered the bat to the bat boy. <laughs> That's the stuff I love about Puig. I, I love a guy that has a little personality. But it, it, it was a tremendous at bat. Yeah. I mean, the, the ones that the people that love baseball, that, I mean, it's the epic battle, you know? It's one on one, and it's, you know, pitcher trying everything he can do to get this guy to hit it somewhere where somebody can catch it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, the batter just trying to you know stay alive until he can find something he can handle. It was it was just a really really great at bat. Yeah, it's sort of again we're going to be talking about that quote from Puig a long time because he came up like a house of fire you know in his career and he was doing stuff he was he was really a great player and dropped off and now ugh, he may have an incredible crazy good year because he's trying now because it's the last year of his contract and people will say well yeah you know. He could have done this the last five years. And we'll love him because he's produced for the Reds in his only year. But, man, that's going to be just nagging in the back of my head. Um, other spring training performances, Philip Irvin had a huge home run. I don't know if you saw that one. That was on the game that was tele- one of the games that was televised off the batter's eye in center field. Um, yeah. What about uh, sort of the forgotten man here that we've not talked about and that I really like this guy. I always like this guy, but he's kind of the forgotten man. You mentioned him very briefly earlier, but Scott Schebler. Schebler has batted uh, nine times, and he's walked five of those. You know, he double. He has a double, scored a couple runs, but walked five times in his nine uh, plate appearances. Um, 
that's a guy that you wonder what's going through his head. Because yeah. nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. He had a pretty good year last year when he was healthy. And uh, looks like he's probably the odd man out. But if he's at a fourth or fifth outfielder, yikes, he's got to be the best fourth or fifth outfielder in the league. Don't you think? I don't know about the league, but he, he'll be a pretty good fourth or fifth outfielder. Well, you just can't agree with me about Ever. anything. Um, and Nick Senzel should never sign with uh, – anyway – uh, but Shebler, that's a guy that stood out for me. Um, can't hit a homer, but not done much else, I don't think. I think I was in his first at bat. Yeah, I think so. Um, not you, a know, you know who's impressed me? Who's that? Trammell. Uh, yeah. Trammell. Uh, considering he's not played above a ball, he's gotten a fair amount of at bats, and you know. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been very impressive. I think he gets every at least the times I've seen him. You know, I think he's, he's gotten you some professional ABs up there against, you know, some of them were against, you know, rum-dum pitchers, you know, guys that, I shouldn't say that, they're, they're guys that aren't going to be in the big leagues this year. Right. Uh, but he, I think he starts this year in in, in, in A. I think he's in AAA by the 4th of July. I, I think he's a September call-up. I think he's a lot closer than people think. Only if the Reds uh, change their philosophy up philosophy about pushing people through the minor leagues he should have already been in double a they've they've well they should have been he should have been no doubt so. uh but they're they've changed their their view on on everything else why why wouldn't yeah. you think that you know they're going to change their view on this one would hope yeah I'm, I'm willing to withhold uh you know my opinion on it until and let it give him a chance to show us but uh you're right i mean he's got a couple hits uh a couple walks and and he is a guy you said that has good at bats. He's a guy that really gets it in terms of the strike zone. I mean, you know, you don't want to just compare anyone to Joey Votto um, because he's not, but he's a guy that's kind of cerebral. He really thinks about, you know, uh, kind of like Votto does, but you know, every interview you ever see with Tremel, you can tell a smart guy who really is trying to understand what he needs to do to best improve uh, his chances at the plate. And he's got a really good, uh, a really good, uh, uh, discipline at the plate and really good. He got a clue. The guy does. And he's a guy that I thought should have been in double A at the end of last year, at least, and could have started at uh triple A this year. I thought they could have been more aggressive with him and then possibly been up at sometime this year. If there's an injury or something like that. But I, I'm like you, I would be very surprised if he weren't up at some point this year, whether it's uh September or before, but I think almost certainly in September. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta like a guy with a, with a 370 on base percentage in his first three years in the big leagues or in the, in the minor leagues. Yeah. And he's getting and, better. And he's only 20 years old. Yeah. He's, he's getting better. The question is going to be, can he, where does he play? You know, he's played a lot of center field. Uh, there's some questions about whether he can play center field defensively in the big leagues. It's he's still playing there, but it's not a foregone conclusion that he can handle it defensively. Um, but as a corner outfielder, He's going to hit. He's going to get on base. Can you imagine an outfield uh, soon of Taylor Trammell, Jesse Winker, and Nixon Zell? That doesn't sound bad. I mean, that's three guys that are going to get on base a ton. A couple of them are going to hit with power. Uh, you know, Winker's going to have at least doubles power, and, and uh, his uh, home run power is developing some too. Man, that'd be gorgeous. Although I, I, I think Senzel's headed back to second base at some point, but. Um, but I, I think it'll be. I think we've talked about this a little bit. I think it'll be interesting to see with the with the shoulder surgery whether Winker's power improves 
you know, because he said it had been bothering him for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and hopefully he's starting to get healthy. I, you know, I don't know. He's had some injuries, uh, which is why I think that I, with any of these guys, Kemp's a little older. Shebler's had injury problems. I think there's going to be room for all these guys. I, maybe even Philip Irvin, you know, depending on if Kemp is gone. And I'm like you, I think there's a pretty good chance that if the Reds can can dump him, they will. Um, so I, so much to. That's what I love about spring. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Taylor Trammell, though, because. Uh, he's a, he is one guy that sort of stood out in, again, really really small samples here, but yeah. that's all we've got in front of us. And if we don't talk about that, what are we going to talk about? The other guy that's played well is Dietrich. That guy's got to be on the roster, right? I think he may make it. He's got to be. Um, they, they keep talking about this four-man bench, but I don't see how you have a – I don't know. He's got to be playing, and he's going to get plenty of playing time too. Love that guy. Now, but he, you know, he's 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 a damn jack of all trades. He can play anywhere. He doesn't play particularly well in the, at any of them, but right. he he plays them capably enough, and he also is going to hit. So yeah, I mean, if you're throwing him out there for a day or a couple of, you know, perfect utility guy. Yep. Yeah, love having him because he's going to get. And, and you know, if you're using him as a pinch hitter, he's going to be a latter day Lenny Harris. Only better. Only better. There you go. Uh, you want to answer some uh, some hashtag viewer mail questions? Sure. If you have I've questions, <laughs> excellent. Finally, you have given up in uh, accepting. I'm going to ba- leave the battles to uh, the battle to others. All right. It's uh, these are, as always. These are actual letters from actual viewers. First viewer, uh, first, uh, and these can be submitted to us. Viewers got to start wearing pants when we do. <laughs> That's not good for anyone. Um, <laughs> these questions uh, are delivered to us both via uh, Patreon. If you're a patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash redlegradio, or also we take them on Twitter at redlegradio. Um, and we record every Thursday, so get those questions in uh, before Thursday, or before Thursday evening, I guess, basically. Uh, the next question by Matt LaCron over at Patreon. How promising is Tanner looking so far? And he's talking not about uh, any Tanner other than the uh, not Tanner Rainey, who the Reds traded, not Tanner from uh, from that uh, show. Oh man, I had a great nineteen uh, nineties reference, and it just left me. What was that show with the guy with the, with Tanner? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. They rebooted it. Ah, oh, somebody somebody hit me up on like uh, Full House or hit, something. Oh, that's it. That's it. Full House. Excellent. I, I don't know why I knew that. Yeah, that's a little embarrassing. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> Tanner Rourke. What can we make of Tanner Rourke's 2.1 innings pitch so far? Here's nothing. A, nothing, really. Although he's been fine. He's been, as a matter of fact, it's ERA, and you can't think, look at anything about ERA with 2.1 innings uh, pitched. But it's 3.86, which is probably about where he's going to be this year. Um, he's 1-0, so Paul Doherty thinks he's the best pitcher on the staff. Probably is. <laughs> but I'm not worried about Tanner Rourke. I'm just... He's going to be what he is. I don't expect him to be anything more than what he's always been. And he's going to be fine. He's going to pitch a lot of innings. He's going to be dependable. And he's probably going to be gone at the end of the season. And that's just fine. I'm going to enjoy having him here. But he, I'm not going to look forward to his day in the rotation as much as I'm looking forward to, say, Luis Castillo's or uh, you know Alex Woods. Because if Wood can put it back together, he's a, uh, he's been an all-star. So... Rourke is Rourke, and I'm very happy to have him. Or Sonny Gray, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think they've all got higher ceilings than than Rourke. Right, I agree. But also, uh, the the floor for Rourke, we know what it is. I think. Yeah. 
if he's healthy, he's going to be an innings eater, and he's going to be just the type of guy that a good team needs in their rotation. So on uh, on Patreon, uh, next viewer mail question is from Chris G. I'm not sure who this is. Chris G. asks, know any good books about the Reds? Um, there's one that was written recently. I can't think of the name of it. Um, oh, I remember. What's the name of it? The Big 50, The Men and oh, that's it. That made the Cincinnati Reds, written by yours truly and by Chris G. Good, uh, good marketing angle there, Chris G. But uh, I will also say that the uh, Greg Rhodes and has written a lot of really good books about the Reds. Absolutely, yeah. There's some. There's some. There's if you have read Big Big Red Dynasty, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's good. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of good Reds books out there. Um, but the best, of course, is the Big Fifty, the Men and Moments. Of course, it is. is. Next uh, hash brown viewer mail question comes from Jeff Walter at Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Red Radio. Jeff Walter has a two-part question, and I like this one. If the Reds were contra- contracted today, what team would you begin following, if any, and who from the Reds roster would Baltimore take number one in the contraction draft? So that's the, the, this is a good question. Let's go with the first part of that first. If the Reds were contracted today, what team would you begin following, Bill Lack? Probably the, the A's. The Oakland Athletics. Really? Probably. Why's that? Any reason? Other than 72, I've always, other than the 72 World Series, I've always been a fan. Okay, again, I've, I always, I've always liked the A's. I don't rem- remember the 72 World Series, but... Um, I do. <laughs> I remember the 1990 World Series. Were you a fan of the A's in 1990? I, I still hold the I still hold Bobby Tolan responsible for the Reds losing that World Series. Um, I, I'm not going to say who I would begin following because it's going to make everyone mad at me. So let's go on to the next. Uh... No, 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 no. <laughs> You're not going to let me get away with that. Nope. Oh, I would begin following the New York Yankees. Oh God, <laughs> that's exactly what everyone listening right now is. Saying, I told you I didn't want to say that. The best line I've ever heard about somebody rooting for the Yankees, they said that's like going to Vegas and rooting for the house. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, you know, you and I have had the conversation about uh, the city, New York City, and it's my favorite place on earth. It just is. I love, I love everything about that place. And so, you know, I would probably start following the Yankees. Plus... Haven't I endured enough losing in my life? If the Reds were to disappear tomorrow, shouldn't I be able to pick a team that has at least some chance of being competitive year after year? Like I said, Vegas, rooting for the house. (laughs) I think it's fair. So who from the Reds roster would Baltimore take number one in the contraction draft? Love this question, Jeff Walter. Uh, What do you think? I think it's Senzel. You think Nick Senzel? I would think it would be Nick Senzel. Oh, man. Yeah, I think probably it would have to be. And that's not saying that Senzel's the best player right now, although who knows. No, but he's, he's the, you know, he's most control and most upside. Yeah. Yeah, they should take him the contraction draft and then keep him down for 12 days. Oh, God. Will you move on for God's sake? <laughs> how, 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 how does your wife put up with you day in, day out? <laughs> Oh man, uh, you know it's a question. She's a she is actually has already qualified for sainthood. Oh yeah, your your wife is on the same train mine as she's going straight to heaven with no stops. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> um, 
you know, I wonder about guys like Suarez, you know, Eugenio Suarez, or um, I really, I'm not sure who else. Votto would have been the choice for most of the years in the last decade. Um, but, you know, Votto's 35 now, so probably not Votto. Winker'd be in the top five. Winker's probably up there because he's young. I uh, think Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo. Now that's an interesting he, one. He might be number one. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I'm expecting big things from Luis Castillo uh, this year, and, and people sort of forget. Uh, Jason Linden, our buddy Jason, I had on Twitter uh, this week. He said Luis Castillo had a 7.85 ERA last April. It was awful the way he started, but in the other 230.1 innings of his career. He's posted a 3.4 ERA. So, you know, he's probably very likely to have a good season. There was one of those, and I'm assuming it was in the Enquirer, one of those duh articles, you know, about Castillo this week. And it, and it said he wants to start out the season stronger than last year. Oh, well, oh, really? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about that? Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. It's better. Coming out and saying, well, really, I hope I stink in, in April and May like I did last year, you know, or April and early May. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Aiming for better start to year. That's what it is. <laughs> right. Yeesh. All right. Philip Razor at PSR1973. Philip Razor asks us, this was on uh, on Twitter.com, although he is one of our uh, loyal uh, patrons on Patreon. Philip Razor asks, Bryce Harper signed for 13 years and $330 million. Should the Reds have offered 20 years? No. <laughs> so you think? Well, you think more? They should have offered more. Yeah, that's the, that. You know, you know me. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't have given. Uh, would you have given him thirteen years? I don't know. How old is he? He's twenty. What? Twenty five. I think. No, I wouldn't have. But but I probably to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have given Votto the years they gave him. Those worked out. Yep, they did. Man, 13 years is a long time to commit. Because if it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Yep. Would you have given him $40 million for one year? Um, I don't. It, it would depend on. For this team right now, no. I think I might if, have. If I, if I thought one big player would would be the difference between the Reds making the playoffs and making a run. I would. But like you always say, it's easy to spend somebody else's That's money. True. That's true. That's true. But, you know, I don't think he would uh, put us over the hump. No, I agree. I agree. I think we need uh, need a pitcher probably to help get over the hump. But, uh, boy, it would be fun to have him here, though. He's still out there. Still looking for a job. Dallas Keiko, yeah, what's that's there's gotta be something you know, the red said his medical history caused him to Yeah, it said red red, red flags. So you gotta wonder if that's the problem, because he's not been signed anywhere. Um and I would have thought he'd have been locked and loaded somewhere before spring training. Um Peter Sammons on Twitter asks where we are going to opening day. If Nick Senzel is not in the starting lineup, should we start a chant? If so, what should it be? <laughs> well, you can pay your way in. You can do, you know, I think you're free to do whatever you want. Uh, I, I think that you should just uh, be screaming, I, screaming woo. 
Uh, no. <laughs> yes, I love the woo. Even though, even though this was the week of Ric Flair's 70th birthday. Exactly. Um, if, if I was going to do a chant, it would be, where's Nick? Where's Nick? Where's Nick? <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I, although I would I would do the woo. Matthew Kuhn asks. On Don't ever sit next to me at a ball game again, okay? Uh, listen, gladly. Because if you do, if you woo, I'm going to pour beer on your head. I will gladly not sit anywhere near you. <laughs> Matthew Kuhn says, should I name a fewer son of mine Bowie? Or would the name Bowie Kuhn sound too much like a lawyer's name? Matthew, you no, should you absolutely should. name your son Bowie. 100%. No, you shouldn't, because he's the guy that kept Vita Blue from coming to the Reds. That's true. He, he canceled that, uh, that trade. That's right. Um, but still, Bowie Kuhn. Poor kid. Bless his heart. Good question, Matthew. Jacob William asks. Or you could say, yeah, if you want to get him beat up at school every day. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, no one knows who Bowie Kuhn was in school these days. But the, name, not. the name Bowie probably does. Uh, I'm not going to do you too many favors. Yeah, um, like kind of kind of like that song, boy, boy named Sue. Exactly, know? a boy named Bowie. Um, Jacob William asks, and this is this is one for you, Bill. I'm gonna, this is right in your wheelhouse. Oh, do, okay. Do you agree the Reds should retire Veda Pinson's number twenty eight? Yes. I don't know where the cutoff is on on player uh, on on what players you should retire and which ones you shouldn't. You know what I mean? There has to be yeah. a dividing line somewhere. But Pinson is is one of the greatest players to ever play for this team. Yeah, he, he's definitely top. I don't know. We need to figure that out someday. Yeah. And but I, he's probably one of the top five outfielders that ever played for this team. Yeah, you know, I think kind of like with the Hall of Fame, you know, retired numbers, I think he might be right on that line. I'm not sure I would retire it. Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, I, I'd i want to look at a lot of stuff before – I said yeah, but I, I don't know. I t- I'll put it this way. If they retired Veda Pinson's number, I'd be excited about it. I'd be happy. I wouldn't – you know, it wouldn't upset me because he's certainly one of the greatest players in this organization's history, and he's absolutely probably the most – well, I don't know if he's the most, actually. I'm going to take that back, but – uh, the most underrated great player in this uh, franchise's history. I think actually his teammate Frank Robinson has lays a claim to that as well. But uh, OPS plus of 119 in his years with the Reds. No, he was the real deal. Absolutely. Um, and retired uh, and retired with 2,700 hits. Yeah. And, and has a good. I don't think he's quite a Hall of Famer, but has a good argument for the Hall of Fame. Um, Jacob also asks, isn't 2020 a good time for new uniforms? Uh, sure, sure. Well, you'll get you'll get a lot to choose from this year. Yeah, let's let's do some shopping and all the all the throwbacks they're going to use this year. Um, Did I see that one of them is blue? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 1939 Reds, I think. Yeah, gorgeous. How, how can a Red Legs team be in blue? Uh, they were. Come on, man, it's <laughs> gorgeous. Um, Eric Hostetter. Asks, how much shopping is still going on by Williams and Crawl? Uh, President of Baseball Operations, Dick Williams, GM Nick Crawl. I just don't see how we roll this lineup out without a DH in play and 13 pitchers on the roster. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they're still shopping. I think they've got too many players for the current roster. I think they need to go with 12 pitchers. Um, But I think they're still out there looking. I I guarantee they're looking for a spot to move Matt Kemp. 
you know, and, and if there are places that, and we know they're still shopping. They just added Jose Iglesias. They just added Derek Dietrich a couple weeks ago. You know, they're still, they're still, yeah, they're still, they're still sifting. They're trying to, yeah. Rummaging around. The the question is to me with Kemp is the question is, are they trying to get any value for him? Are they just trying to get somebody to take the sound? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They're thinking is there that salary's going to be off the books before long, you know. What would you What would you take for camp? I mean, just ball, you know, just a bare, you know, basic idea. Would Would you want a major league guy? Would you take, you know, a good a couple good double A prospects? What would you take for camp? I would take one uh, minor league uh, guy, one prospect that has some chance of making it. <laughs> you know, I I don't know that he's got a whole lot of value right now. He wasn't all star last year, but salary. Well, yeah, I'd like to get somebody that has a chance of contributing later, but yeah. I think I would move him, as long as we're not taking on any of the salary, I think I'd move him for not much, frankly. Um, I just, you know, I'd rather have Philip Irvin, frankly, as that fifth outfielder. Maybe maybe not. You know, maybe I'm underrating what Kemp is. He looked like he was dead for a while, and then last year he came out and his half, first half of the season was incredible. So maybe, you know, he's, I don't know, he's just getting old. Um well, if I, can, if I can go back, back to Veda Pinson one more time. 47.8 war in his time with the Reds. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to have to – what we're going to do is we're going to have to have a uh, a podcast where we just go down the list of greatest uh, wins above replacement numbers, total career numbers in Reds history, and sort of talk about every player. Because because uh, people won't realize how good that is in comparison to everyone else in Reds history. Yeah. Sean Harmony asks on Twitter, over under 30 bat flips by Yasiel Puig this season. Bat flips equal home runs. So over under 30. I'll take the over. I think I'm going to take the under, slightly under, but would not be surprised if it were over at, at Great American Ballpark. Um, Brandon asks, would you be in support of the Reds allowing Wood, Puig, and Jeanette to walk at the end of the 2019 season? If it meant the Reds acquired an ace, would you be in support of the Reds allowing Wood, Puig, and Jeanette to walk at the end of the season if it meant they acquired an ace? I don't. I'll answer first, and then you can uh, chime in, Bill. I don't. First of all, I don't think that those are necessarily uh, mutually exclusive. I don't think you have to do that. Uh, but if if I'm going to take the the question at, at its face, um, if we're talking ace, like. Absolute number one guy, like a, you know, there aren't that many of those guys around. I probably take a guy that has performed like Corey Kluber has for the last three, four years. By the way, uh, for example, I would probably take a guy like that and let those guys walk. Although it really struggles for me to let Scooter Jeanette walk. <laughs> what do you think? You would you let those guys go if it meant the Reds could get an ace? I, I agree with you. Just because you do one doesn't mean you got to do the other. Um. I think if you do that, you're leaving you know you're leaving yourself a hole in your in your starting eight somewhere either at second base or in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the ace you, Wood replaces the I mean the ace replaces Wood, so your pitching staff is going to be better. But maybe you know, maybe Alex Wood is an ace this year. Maybe. Um. But you know. I, Unless Tremel's ready or there's somebody else that I'm not thinking of that can 
you know, come up and, and fill that hole next year. You still, then you got a, you know, you got a hole in your starting eight. Yeah, you got to. Well, they're going to figure those out anyway because Wood and, and Puig are due to leave anyway. So uh, yep. they're going to have to determine whether those guys need to be around uh, or they're going to, have to replace them otherwise. And so if we have to replace them anyway, yeah, give me an ace. Mike Powell at Kid Cincy Red asks. I want to know how you can be so sure that Nick Senzel is going to be this otherworldly all-star player right out of the chute. The baseball world is filled with can't-miss guys who did just that. Miss. What do you think? You want to handle that one? You want me to do it? I I never said he was going to be an all-star straight out of the chute. Who did? I, what, what do we always say? <laughs> Young, Young players play are inconsistent. Strong. Yeah. Um, I, I do... But, I mean, all you can do go by is past performance. And he's he's performed at every level well above average, well above average. You know, and he's always the he's always been the youngest guy on his team or yeah. close to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Far below I mean, the league average in whatever league he's been in. If you don't if you don't want to if you don't believe that that's a, a, a recipe for, for potential or for um, potential success, I don't know what. How, how anybody could ever prove it to you? Yeah, you know, I, well, I think that the the premise of the question is off because I, no no one on this podcast certainly has ever said that he's going to be an uh, quote unquote otherworldly all star player right out of the shoot. Um, but the other part of that, the baseball world field can't miss guys who did just that miss. I guess to the, my answer to that is tell me the names of the players who were player of the year in possibly the best college baseball conference the Southeastern Conference, and have performed as well as Sinzel has at each level of the minors. Tell me how many guys with that history of production have missed in the big leagues. I would say you can't find anybody that has performed as well as he has that's been healthy in the big leagues and, and not performed at least to some extent to justify his spot on the roster. So, I, you know, I, I, I think I disagree with the premise there, Mike, but appreciate your appreciate your question. Um, we got to run through the rest of these pretty quickly, uh, as many as we can get to anyway. Alex Bolka, Joey Votto's contract goes through 2024. For how many of those years will he remain productive and the starting first baseman? I think he'll be the starting first baseman for all of them. I think he'll be productive for, I don't know. I think he's got at least three more productive years in him. That's my, that's what I say. I would, I would tend to agree with you. I, I don't even know that he'll be the starter all those years. Maybe not. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's way out into the, you know, the edge of the universe looking that far out. And, and a lot of things can change between now and then. And, yeah. it, and, and, and if anybody could be productive all the way to the end of any of the Reds players I've ever watched, it's him. Joey's the one that can adjust his game to, yeah. to stay productive. And I think this year is going to give us a little bit more evidence of that one way or the other. If he's able to come back a little bit from what he was last year, uh, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him because he, again, thoughtful, analytic. Uh, you know, He's really trying to figure out how to, to beat uh, Father Time. Um, and I think if we see him do it this year, it's going to be more evidence that he's a guy that, at least into his late 30s, is going to be able to keep that up. Uh, at Tay Dunnett asks, yes or no, Eugenio Suarez, oh. <laughs> okay, you mean read the rest of it? Oh, I thought we were playing like Jeopardy or Family Feud. Or <laughs> okay, yes or no? Uh, you don't know how Jeopardy or Family Feud work, do you? No. Eugenio <laughs> Suarez will outperform Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado in 2019, 
earning his second all-star appearance? Yes or no? No. I'd say no. You know, the chance that he's going to outperform both those guys or, uh, you know, Suarez is great. And Suarez has the an incredible contract for the Reds uh, in terms of a team-friendly contract. It's uh, just unbelievable. And he is great. I'm happy he's a red. I would not bet the ranch on him outperforming both those guys because those those I, are good players. I'm looking at uh I'm looking at the uh, 2019 batting projections on Baseball Reference. They've got him with uh, two hitting 262, 349, 460 with 809 OPS and hitting 24 home runs. I'll take that. Bring it on. Yes, I'll take that right now, and and, and we'll just you know. Pencil that in for the season. I'll, I got no problem with that. And there's no – it's not a criticism to say he's not as good as Nolan Arenado. You no. know, Nolan Arenado is, uh, you know, he's otherworldly all-star right out of the shoot guy. Um, at WV Redlegs asks, with the 13-year record contract of Bryce Harper being confirmed today, how great is Luis Castillo's changeup? <laughs> I love it. Great. I love it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we love it. I yeah. don't really understand the banana apple <laughs> comparison, but oh, um, let's see what we got. David Moore is Sinzel Centerfield success tied to the likelihood of re-signing Scooter. Um, you know, I think that uh, if he's good in Centerfield, it might they might be willing to sign Scooter. I think that it'll play into it, but I think they're going to. It's going to depend on what Scooter wants. And whether they see him as a long-term bet for the next three, four years, and whether Scooter will accept that, and um, if they got a center field that can handle center field, and also uh, Ted Tremell's performance has something to do with that as well. If they, do they want to transition Tremell into center field in the big leagues and move Sinzel back to second? So I think there's a lot of factors there. But yeah, I think that's in the mix, don't you? Yeah, I think it's in the mix. I, I think it more has to do with what you're talking about, what what Jeanette wants, uh, and how long and how many years he wants. I mean, he's mm-hmm. 29. Yeah, uh, and I, I'd go three years with Jeanette, but I wouldn't go any more than three. Uh, I could maybe be talked into four, but you're pushing it at, the, at that point. I think three is is. Ideal. It would have to be really. It would have to be a really reasonable, maybe a club option for the fourth year or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, woo the Reds at Woo the Reds. That's a good question, but it's going to take us a little longer to unpack that. We'll maybe we'll try to get that next time. Uh, Aaron asks. Uh, if I think Jason Linden has an accent, but not Dotson, does that make me a hillbilly? Hashtag viewer mail. Hashtag I have a West Virginia accent. Aaron, you're now my new favorite viewer. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, man. Great question by Frank Novak that we're going to have to do some other time. All-time Reds bullpen. I do not have Graves in mind. What say you? Uh, is, is Danny Graves in your all-time Reds bullpen? We can't answer the rest of that question, but is he in your? Is Danny Graves in your all-time Reds bullpen? I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit, and and no. he would not be my closer. <laughs> no, he's not in mine. He's not in my all-time bullpen. Peak Scott Williamson is though. It's Tommy Boom Boom Hume. <laughs> Tommy Hume is in there. Scott <laughs> Sullivan's in there. Maybe some Gabe White. How All about right. some Pedro Borbone? Oh, got to get a little Pedro Borbone. Uh, we're going to talk. That's a good question. We need to talk about this some other time, but we've run out of time here. Relay Nation. Before we go, I want to thank uh, the new patrons this week. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to push that on you guys too much. You're going to get this free podcast every week, no matter what. But I'm, I am very grateful to those of you that have uh, that have 
signed on to support the podcast at patreon.com slash redleg radio. Uh, and so big thank you to the, the people that, uh, have, uh, have ponied up. And those are Jim Conley. Thanks buddy. Appreciate Jim Conley, Brandon Taylor, Brandon, you are my guy. Brandon ponied up at the Lisa Alberto Bonilla tier of uh, supporting the holy cow. And so Brandon, uh, you know, if he stays at that tier for two months is going to be a guest on the podcast uh, in the future. Brandon, we'll be in touch about that. Thank you so much for your support. Yes. Uh, Dwight J. Kelly. Thank you for your support, Dwight. Dwight, a good follow on Twitter. Always active. Ben Johnson. Thank you so much, Ben. Appreciate uh, your support. I he, was an actor. <laughs> he is. Yes. Um, Mike Powell. Mike Powell. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Matt LaCron, who we had a question from today, not only a good, a great name, but also a great supporter of, uh, of Red Leg Nation Radio. And who's this other guy at the bottom of the, wait a minute, Bill Lack? What? It's my twin brother. It's my evil twin. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Lack, for supporting. Should I have charged you the Lisa Alberto Bonilla level to, so that you can be on the podcast? No, I'm 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 retired. I'm <laughs> your grandfathered I'm in. I'm on a fixed. I'm on a fixed income. <laughs> You're grandfathered in anyway. So, all right, we're Red Leg Nation Radio. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Red Leg Radio. You can uh, find us at RedLegNation.com every day since 2005. Uh, we are bearing down on 300 uh, episodes of this podcast and could not be more appreciative of the community that continues to grow up around it. And that's a co- thanks to you guys. I, I still, we've, we've been saying it for a long time, but blows my mind that you would take time out of your week to download this podcast, listen to us, um, just talk nonsense for a little while, but we love it and uh, love that you're uh, hopefully enjoying the podcast. Uh, Bill, any final thoughts for us? Nope. None. <laughs> Not a one. Wow. Happy birthday, to my, happy birthday to my son. Happy birthday, Corey, for uh, Bill Lack and Brandon Taylor. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.